from the corner of 16th and Peachtree Street, right next to the High Museum of Art in Midtown Atlanta, welcome to the First Presbyterian Church. I'm Senior Pastor Tony Sundermeyer, and I want to thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. And I would invite you now to join us in the worship of God. Before we turn to our scripture lessons for the morning, a warm word of welcome to all the children who were here worshiping with us today. You are always welcome in this place, and you make our worship even better. That said, if you'd like to have a worship bag to enjoy this worship time a little more, there are some just outside the door here. And if you're in kindergarten or younger and you'd like to go out now for Cherub Choir, please just go to those doors. Now let us turn to our first lesson for the morning. It's from 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 1 through 7. Begins on page 286 in the Old Testament section of your pew Bibles if you'd like to read along. Hear now God's word for you and for me. Now these are the last words of David, the oracle of David, son of Jesse, the oracle of the man whom God exalted, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the favorite of the strong one of Israel. The spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His word is upon my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, one who rules over people justly, ruling in the fear of God, is like the light of morning, like the sun rising on a cloudless morning, gleaming from the rain on the grassy land. Is not my house like this with God? For he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. Will he not cause to prosper all my help and my desire? But the godless are all like thorns that are thrown away, for they cannot be picked up with the hand. To touch them, one uses an iron bar or the shaft of a spear, and they are entirely consumed in fire on the spot. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, our second scripture reading comes from John's Gospel, chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. Listen now for God's word. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, so you are a king. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. For this I was born, and I came into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. 
Friends, this too is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. be seated. Friends, will you pray with me? Loving God, we come to you seeking your truth. May you speak your truth today so that that truth rises above all others. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Our journey begins in Jerusalem. The year is somewhere between 33 and 36 CE, and we find ourselves in the headquarters, or better known as Herod's palace. Center stage, we find Jesus, the accused, and Pilate, the judge. Like Daniel in the lion's den, Jesus finds himself in an unsafe place with no one to defend him but himself. 
After all, they aren't in a courtroom, they're in Herod's palace. There are no attorneys, there are no witnesses, and there's no jury. Stage right, we find witnesses to Jesus's ministry who are also Jesus's opponents. They're outside the palace's walls so as to avoid ritual defilement, for entering the place of a Gentile would have made them religiously unclean. As Pilate walks from scene to scene interrogating the accused and Jesus, Pilate is in search of one thing, and that's truth. The irony, of course, is that truth is staring Pilate squarely in the face. Are you the king of the Jews, Pilate asks? That's a pretty direct question that we might expect a simple yes or no. Instead, Jesus responds with questions of his own. Did you come to that conclusion yourself, Pilate, or did you come to believe that via someone else? Then Pilate says, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own people turned you in. What have you done? Rather than list all the miracles and healings Jesus performed or the lessons he taught his disciples, Jesus simply says, my kingdom is not from this world. If it was, I wouldn't be here in this predicament. So you are a king, Pilate asks. Well, you say I'm a king. I was born to testify to the truth and everyone who belongs to the truth hears my voice. That, friends, is where our text ends, but that's not where our scene ends. Our scene ends when Pilate turns to Jesus and asks, what is truth? And Jesus responds with nothing but his presence. That takes us to another scene in another time and place. This time, we find ourselves in Rome in 1925. Stage left, we see Mussolini's mansion. It's seven years after World War I ends, and Mussolini is Italy's prime minister. Mussolini and his national fascist party overthrew his predecessor a few years back, and together they're seeking to expand his fascist kingdom, wielding his power and influence over his military and his parliament. Stage right, we find Pope Pius XI sitting in his office in the Vatican determined to speak out against anyone claiming to be a supreme ruler of the world, Pope Pius XI writes an important document that establishes two things. One, that the ruler of the world isn't Mussolini, but Jesus. And two, 
that the church around the world would observe a holy day in which we proclaim that Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. These two scenes bring us here to Atlanta in 2018, where we celebrate Christ the King Sunday, remembering the scenes in Jerusalem and in Rome that bring us here today and influence our celebration. And here we are gathered as the church, asking ourselves the same underlying questions that are grounded in each of our scenes today. What is truth and what do you believe? Now, if I ask each one of you to answer those questions, I'd wager I'd get as many unique replies as there are unique people in this sacred space this morning. What we believe to be true affects all sorts of things. It influences how we think and behave and how we view ourselves and how we view other people. It affects who we believe God is and who we understand ourselves to be. It creates categories of people, people who believe similar things and people who don't. It even can compel us to cling to the truth as we understand it so that that is the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help us God. Like Pilate, I often want a simple answer. I want truth to be easy to comprehend. I want to whittle complexities into bite-sized pieces that are easy to swallow and explain. I want to take complex ideas and reveal their simplicities. I want to discover truth so that it's attainable. I want access to truth so that I can possess it and then share it with others. But if there's a truth this text reveals, it's that the truth isn't ours to possess. We belong to the truth. The truth does not belong to us. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice, Jesus says. But how often do we listen to our own voice instead? Or how often do we listen to voices that sound like ours? How often do we listen to the voice of our political party, our country, our religion, our family, and our communities? How often do we listen to the voice of our fears and insecurities? How often do we listen to the voice of our prejudice? How often do we listen to our own desires and put those desires over the needs of others? Now, listening to some of those voices is sometimes wise, as God uses many means to speak to us. 
Yet into that choir of voices, Jesus offers a different voice, a voice from another kingdom, a voice that goes and speaks into our fears and insecurities and whispers, be still and know that I am God. Into our wars, ideological and otherwise, that voice commands, love your enemies and persecute and pray for those who persecute you. That was my voice, not God's. <laughs> Into our mortality, that voice proclaims, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And into our lives, that voice speaks and gives us purpose. That voice says, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Friends, whatever truths we claim to possess can rule us, but part of the truth we belong to is the truth about Christ's kingdom. And Christ's kingdom isn't about roles, it's about relationships. It isn't about laws, it's about love. It isn't about power, it's about peace. It isn't about pain, it's about joy. It isn't about fear, it's about hope. And Jesus invites us all to belong to the truth of Christ's kingdom, that kingdom of love and justice and reconciliation and hope and peace. Like a shepherd's voice leads her flock to safety, Jesus calls us to listen to that still, small voice inside us that awakens us to the truth. The truth that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Friends, that's the truth that reigns in heaven and on earth, inviting us all to belong to that truth and shine that truth and listen to that truth inside each and every one of us. Amen. Friends, I invite you to stand and affirm the truth that we believe by stating the Apostles' Creed printed in our bulletins. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, 
suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Let us pray together. O oh, eternal God, you are truly gracious and you are truly mighty and you reign in all of the earth. For us, you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and we declare the truth that you are our God, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. We're truly grateful for the opportunity to gather as your followers today and each day that you allow us to be those persons filled with the light that you bring into our lives, filled with the love that you bring into our lives. We acknowledge the fact that today some of us are hurting, some of us are in need of your tender care. We ask you to move in, around, among, and through us. Provide us with the healing that we need. We pray for our world, the world that we live in today, the world that needs to know your peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding the peace that allows us to go beyond the barriers that have been placed within our society, to love one another as you have called us to love. We pray today for the leaders of every nation. We ask that you might provide them with the wisdom, the knowledge and understanding that they need in order to promote peace within the world today. Today we realize there are those whose hearts are heavy due to the grief through the death of a loved one, and we pray that you would provide them with the comfort that they need. Be with each and every family that is represented here today, all of those who hear the sound of my voice. May each and every family be cared for and provided for and nurtured as only you can do. And we pray that prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray together saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, let us continue to worship God by bringing forth our tithes and offerings.
Friends, try as we might to possess it, we belong to the truth. The truth does not belong to us. May we seek to live as people who belong to the truth of another kingdom, as we seek with God's help to bring about that kingdom come. For the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the world, friends, may it be so today and evermore. Amen. Thank you.